Amen. Praise the Lord for ecclesiastical clothing. And do you think it's Frank demonstrating old age and his forgetfulness? Possibly, but we'll pray for Frank. Pray that the Lord will restore his short-term memory. And we will be even more blessed in the company of our brother Frank. It's so good to be in the house. It was a blessing to be at Beth Messiah yesterday and enjoy the goodness of God. It was a blessing spending time with the extended Susler family in the afternoon. Goodness, those guys know how to make babies. Wow, lots of babies and fun times as we ate. Incredible food and fellowship to the glory of God. If any of you are believing God for babies, just have the Susslers lay hands on you. And you will probably be pregnant before you leave the sanctuary. The anointing is that strong on that family. It's so good to enjoy humor and fellowship together and be relaxed in one another's presence. The Lord is good. We are alive in the year 2015. The Lord is not peddling water in the church. The Lord is doing a very deep work of preparation in the church at this time, which means the Lord is doing a very deep work of preparation in your life and my life at this time. Here's the litmus test that will help you and I discover whether we are up to speed with God. Take this test in the next few seconds. On the one hand, are you totally fulfilled in God? And yet, on the other hand, totally, divinely dissatisfied in God? If you can answer yes to both of those questions, I believe you are at the place in your journey the Lord wants you to be. It's a paradox between the two extremes that gives us hunger and focus. We are a people that have experienced the goodness of God in incredible ways. If I were to ask you for some testimonies of how you have interacted with the Lord personally, it would sound like, at a corporate level, stories from the book of Acts. If you could share in a few seconds something of the goodness of God in your own life, you would be instantly encouraged. Yet, at this hour, living in the paradox, spiritual atmosphere in the church is rich for a new move of God. We are desperate for a new move of the Holy Spirit. We are, to a person, hungry believers, hungry for God, desiring to know God, even though we know God and have experienced God. We are in a time of great internal struggle in the body of Christ as we become more and more countercultural. Suddenly, our value systems are running in conflict with the value systems of the world around us, 
And the world system around us is picking fault, trying to bring us to book for the value systems that we hold dearly. This desperation for God sets us at a place of being candidates for a breakthrough spirit. I believe to a person, we are candidates to be realigned by God to enter into a breakthrough spirit. The hungry for God qualify for a breakthrough spirit. It's way beyond another charismatic catchphrase. It's way beyond another charismatic buzz expression. A breakthrough spirit is how the Lord works upon the face of the earth. If you look at how God dealt with mankind in the Scriptures from the moment Adam and Eve fell all the way through to the book of Revelation, you can see that God moves on the earth on the basis of a man and woman, a Christian community entering into a breakthrough spirit. Jesus called disciples in the gospel, very ordinary men that were going about their day-by-day life. When Jesus spoke to them, they moved in a breakthrough spirit. Their lives were never the same. Saul of Tarsus, on the way to Damascus to imprison believers, probably give the go-ahead for the execution of believers, encountered the risen Lord on the way. And as a consequence, Paul moved in a breakthrough spirit. At the moment... You and I came to know Jesus personally. We may have had the head knowledge. Some of you may have had even experience of local church life. You could sing the songs. You had knowledge of the scriptures. But something happened in your life where you moved into a breakthrough spirit. And after that, your life was never the same. I believe We are on the threshold of a new move of God. All of my thought life, all of my prayer life, all of my heart and feet are pointed towards a new move of God because I now know I'm totally disqualified in terms of merely maintaining the status quo. I don't want to be a maintenance minister in the body of Christ anymore. I don't want to be a maintenance believer in the body of Christ anymore because I believe firmly that we are on the threshold of a new move of the Holy Spirit. I also believe firmly that this move of the Holy Spirit will continue upon the earth until Jesus returns. I believe this move of the Spirit will be governed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We are living now in a generation that has exited 
the charismatic generation. I believe the Pentecostal move of the Spirit ran for 100 years in the body of Christ between 1906 and 2006, a 100-year period where God restored the infilling of the Holy Spirit to the church, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the church. At the same time, I firmly believe that the Holy Spirit is still with the church and still manifesting in the church. Charismatic movement began really in the 1940s and 50s, and I believe came to an end alongside the Pentecostal movement in the year 2006. We are now in the post-charismatic phase of the body of Christ, and that's good news because we are a church moving towards the next move of God, a church in transition. This morning, I believe every one of us is inwardly crying out for a breakthrough spirit. And we are called to be a people of demonstration as well as a people of understanding. In this transitional season, God is deepening our relationships with one another. He is also deepening our understanding. The word of the Lord is becoming more scarce in the land at this hour, so we can deepen in what God has already spoken to us historically. I love the charismatic movement, and that sometimes I almost resent the charismatic movement. I look at the goodness of God in that movement, but because of the lack of theological foundation, movements within the greater move of the Spirit often evolved and went into another direction that was not quite biblical because there was a lack of theological foundation. In my observation, right now I believe the Lord is restoring a love of theology to the post-charismatic generation. I believe the Lord is emphasizing Christocentric perspectives because somewhere in the loss of theological truth in the charismatic movement, we were deceived into thinking that we were doing all of the work and God was backing us. There was a lack of theological knowledge and education. But in this transitional season, our understanding is deepening and our relationships are deepening. So as we move into the heart of the message, and I will finish this message in 30 minutes, 30 Scottish minutes, 30 minutes, ish, ish, ish. I believe the Lord will really help us come to terms with where we're at and come to terms with where we're going. Information morphs into revelation. 
in the Holy Spirit. Revelation changes the way we think and the way we relate to God and ultimately deepens our relationship with God. So we become to the world around us all that God has desired in terms of imparting to our lives revelatory truth and experience. So, as the Holy Spirit seeds us over the next 30 minutes, may we move into fast track in terms of developing mature understanding. A breakthrough spirit is a combination of a warring and pioneering spirit. It's absolutely impossible at the moment you and I move into a breakthrough spirit to follow that and say, I have a private faith. If someone says, I have a private faith, you can tell immediately that they've never had a breakthrough spirit, or if they have, it's decades back the way. The breakthrough spirit has morphed, declined, and decayed to bring them to a place of silent proclamation that's summarized in the expression, I have a silent faith. A breakthrough spirit is a combination of a warring and pioneering anointing. There is divine purpose in this. Jesus manifests in our life as judge and ruler in a breakthrough spirit. Acts 10, 42. And this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and dead. We need to acknowledge in all sobriety that Jesus remains judge. He is at the right hand of the Father. And we know that Jesus is ruler Jesus is ruler of the earth. We can be deceived by the enemy into thinking because he has a world system. The enemy has a cosmos, an ethereal cosmos that influences people living on the earth today. Sometimes we can think this earth belongs to Satan and the Lord wants to take it back from Satan. It's not true. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of therein, and the Lord is committed to destroying Satan's world system. Jesus is the original territorial spirit. We've studied warfare in the last generation, and we've heard a lot about territorial spirits. And the enemy always counterfeits what God has done. Jesus is the original territorial spirit. Look at how Jesus measured out the landmass for Israel and gave them a scope of operation. Each tribe in Israel had a scope of operation directly from the hand of the Lord. Jesus was the original territorial spirit for the early church. He told the early church 
to go into all the world. Jesus was marking out territory that the early church were commanded to go and take captive, to take dominion over. The devil is an imitator. We can tell where the devil is active in the world. Hollywood presently is a place where many unclean and immoral spirits congregate in the mind and imagination of filmmakers. We see gambling spirits in operation in Las Vegas. It's not hard to detect where the enemy's at in a nation because he makes his presence his presence visible through the sin and destruction that comes out of demonic structures. But we've got to look at the enemy's activities as merely interesting information. The core of our understanding, the main focus of our lives, should always be discerning where the Lord is working and asking the Lord, where do I fit into your scheme of things? I believe that Jesus is the territorial spirit that rules over Milwaukee. He rules over this part of Milwaukee that Grace Christian Fellowship is located within. A key question to you as a congregation is where is your territory? Where is your territory? Ask the Lord, what territory are you giving us? And when the Lord says it, it's a done deal. The next part of the process is very simple. We claim it in the spiritual and we claim it in the natural. In intercession and in prayer and petition, we can take charge of the territory the Lord is giving us through the preaching of the Word of God and through setting a missiology for the church, we can begin to take tentative steps forward into the territory that the Lord is giving you. I had a great conversation with Jim Susseler yesterday afternoon about the aspirations of this church in staking out the city for Jesus and good things that this church has already begun doing in the name of Jesus. But yet, Jim is very aware of the blanks in the mission of the church and seeking to bridge the gaps and fill in the blanks. Where is your territory? Anoint with oil the places you believe the Lord is giving you. Ask the Lord, where are you working in Milwaukee? Where are you working? Many of you will have studied theology. Many of you will know theological words like exegeting the Scriptures. Exegeting the Scriptures is another term for digging truth out of the different veins of Scripture and teasing out information regarding the Scriptures, we can take that to a new level by exegeting our city, by asking God for urban eyes that see the city 
the way God sees the city and begin to identify where the Lord is working in the city of Milwaukee, you will be astonished to discover the very rich work that has already begun in Milwaukee and is bearing much fruit. As we move into the process of setting prophetic blueprint in a spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to weave deeply into your human spirit the prophetic blueprint for Milwaukee. As you pray that, take advantage of the generosity of God. God has a lot of kingdom assets and wealth set aside for the city of Milwaukee. And he wants to bring that to the city. He wants to bring that to the church. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things. Freely give us all things. Freely give us all things. Check in with the Lord when it comes to setting the mission's budget. Knowing that the Lord desires to give you freely all that's required to fulfill his calling on Grace Christian Fellowship as an urban church. We're being positioned to move into this at a deeper level. It begins with prophetic blueprint being woven deeply into a spirit, but is carried out in kingdom pragmatics. At one level, we're believing for a breakthrough spirit. At another level, be guaranteed, your life will never be the same again. That part of the Bible that says your life is not your own will be dramatically fulfilled as you move on the back of a breakthrough spirit. What we are receiving is a pioneering and prototype spirit. A person who moves into a breakthrough spirit, a church that moves into a breakthrough spirit, has a calling on its life to be pioneering and to be a prototype. God always moves initially in a fresh move of the Spirit by raising up a pioneering generation and a prototype generation. The prototype is always kind of rough looking. If you look at the original Ford automobiles, the Model T Fords, it makes chitty chitty bang bang look like a Ferrari. The Model T Ford was only a model that was demonstrating the potential of an automobile. It was a prototype. From what I can gather, they broke down all of the time. Yet only the wealthy could afford a Model T Ford initially and would have to give over large swaths of their income just to keep the car on the road. Since then, automobiles have come a long way and more or less everybody drives a car. Let me see your hand if you drive a car this morning. 
more or less every one of you, one or two of you are not sure. We'll pray for you later. But 100 years ago, if I'd asked the question in this church, hands up if you drive a car, at the most one or two people would have put their hand up in the air. Maybe nobody would have put their hand up in the air. Likewise, when God is moving on the back of a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit, as that truth comes into parts of the body of Christ, as that anointing raises up a pioneering generation, if there were a national gathering of believers and the preacher stood up and said, now, if you're moving in this anointing, if your church is modeling this truth, raise your hands in the air. Probably less than 5% of the hands would go up in the National Assembly of Christians in the U.S. But revisit the scene. 50 years later, ask the same question, and more or less every every hand would go up in the assembly. There would still be people outside the assembly with placards and posters saying, everyone there is of the devil. Everyone in that gathering is of the devil. We are the ones that have the truth. We have a saying in Scotland that they grow them everywhere. And the most persecuted section of the body of Christ is the section of the body of Christ that are rising up in a breakthrough spirit and are pioneering what they have and demonstrating a prototype of the truth of God that they carry. A move of the spirit is always a starting place. It's not an outcome. Many of us alive here this morning and well this morning will be part of this next move of the Holy Spirit. The Lord's goal in a move of the Spirit is simple. The domination of the enemy in your region. God wants to dominate the enemy with truth in Milwaukee and beyond that, Wisconsin. 100 years ago, the body of Christ believed God gave people sickness to teach them things. 100 years ago, the body of Christ believed that poverty was a virtue. 100 years ago, you would have been stoned at the back of a church after the service by even hinting that God is a good God. But the Lord has restored truth to the body of Christ where the enemy is dominated by that truth now, that the enemy cannot bring forth religious lives, lies and perpetuate religious lies any longer in those areas. As we learn to think differently in a season where our understanding is deepening and our relationships are becoming more precious one to another, it's often a byproduct of having a very painful and difficult season in your personal life or your vocational life, brokenness makes us more vulnerable to one another relationally. Brokenness opens up our lives to one another. 
at a deeper level. I've known Frank Sussler a long time now. There's been times in the last couple of years I've needed Frank at a deeper level in my life because of the pain that I've been processing. It's not really been a kind of relaxed friendship approach, although my language was relaxed and remained in the context of friendship. But the subtext to my communication, my body language, would have been saying, Frank, I need your friendship at this hour. But we've been conditioned by the Holy Spirit to love one another and to deepen our understanding, to rewrite our missiology, to rewrite what we believe is important as we are positioned to move into a breakthrough spirit, to think bigger, to think bolder, to think kingdom, instead of holding on to outdated religious concepts. Kingdom presence in a local church equates with a wider kingdom anointing for the city and also for other churches. I thought the praise and worship was absolutely fantastic here this morning. Praise and worship attracted the presence of God. We couldn't help but be impacted by the praise and worship. Frank and I had a discussion on urban poverty on the way to church this morning. During the praise and worship, I recognized a verse of a song summarized the heart of God towards people ensnared in urban poverty. I couldn't help myself. I had to speak to Frank about that and say, Frank, that Bible, that verse there in that song summarizes the heart of God for the urban poor. We're a people that have experienced kingdom presence in the house of the Lord here this morning. But it's designed for wider kingdom anointing in the city. What we received from the Lord this morning was seed forum that we carry into the city and beyond that into spheres of influence in the body of Christ in Milwaukee. God is giving us a new language, a new kingdom language in this early part of the 21st century. I'm speaking this morning to eternal spirits that will live not only for endless centuries, but endless millennia. Spirit beings that will live and rule and reign with Christ for all eternity. The Lord is upgrading our language. The Lord is deleting in our memories the charismatic buzz expressions of the 1980s and 1990s. He's given us new concepts for a new millennium, new concept for church. I've never, ever been comfortable with the word church. It's always made me privately cringe. Pre-Jesus, it did more than make me privately cringe. It nauseated me. I've never been comfortable with the word church in our English language culture. I've never quite probed the depths of that 
But churches from the original Greek language, more an expression of a legislator or an entertainment assembly. I believe God is giving us a new concept for church in the 21st century, that church, in real terms, is a company of people. If you're a first-time visitor to Grace Christian Fellowship this morning, you're in a company of people that stick around, hang on in there, or as they say in California, hang on in there, babe. And very soon, this company of people will become a company of friends. I believe the Lord wants to model church in this new millennium as a company of friends that are friends of Jesus. We're a company of friends together because we are friends of Jesus. Key question for you at GCF in this transition season as a people that are being positioned and realigned to enter into a breakthrough spirit individually and corporately is this. What is the depth of the river in GCF at this time? What is the depth of the river in the praise and worship teams, in the hearts and minds of the worshipers, not only in the platform, but also in the congregation. Look at the ministries that are alive and active in the church. This is a good leadership question. What is the depth of the river in all aspects of the ministries that are presently running in grace? And then receive the exhortation and command of the Lord to live up to the level of your anointing. Don't shrink back if things that used to happen cease to happen and allow the river to hemorrhage away on the back of that. Live up to the level of your anointing. I've watched how the enemy has done all he can to stop me prophesying the word of the Lord in the nations and to stop me teaching the word of God prophetically in the nations of the earth. The last 20 years, he's tried all kinds of tactics from trying to get me to lose my mind through stress to destroying my reputation in many different communities, all kinds of devilish tactics in order to bring me to a place of giving up divine authority in the face of human and demonic authority that the river of the anointing will diminish and maybe dissipate completely in my life. That's why we're called to fight the good fight of faith. Because when we've got God on our side, he guarantees the bounce-back factor. It's not a case of if, it's when. And when we realize God does all the fighting and God does all the winning, we're quite prepared to take on board what he says about us, that we're more than conquerors because he does all the conquering and then takes us to the next level in our Christian development. We're going to finish in five minutes. Ish, ish. 
ish. Levels of anointing are of paramount importance. And how we steward what God has given us in this transitional season and how we will move forward into a breakthrough spirit. Point number one, all of us to a person, I believe, are ready for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, verse 18, commands us to be filled with the Spirit. Let's make that a core prayer in this transitional season. Oh, Father God, your word declares how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Ask God in English. Ask God in Greek. Ask God in Hebrew. Ask God in ancient Punjabi. Ask God for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. The danger in a transitional season is to develop a passive spirit to move into Doris Day doctrine. I'm appealing to all of those over the ages of 50 right now to track with me. Doris Day doctrine is summarized in her philosophical thesis. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. We need to surrender. You can see that singing is not a hobby in my life. But I could not give up my day job to take up a role as singer to the nations. I did see a very good singer to the nations last month in Birmingham, England. And he's a knight of the realm. And his name is Sir Paul McCartney. He was rather good, even though I may say so myself. That man will go places. But he doesn't have to feel threatened about me this morning. Paul can sing better than me, but I can prophesy better than Paul. All you need is Jesus. He wants to hold your hand. He loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back, devil, to where you belong. Amen. Strawberry smoothies forever. Amen. Let's kind of make over some of the Beatles lyrics in this season and inject some fun into the body of Christ in the process. Those minutes don't count. We stopped the clock when I started goofing around. Start the clock again, maestro. We need to develop a proactive spirit. If you're at a place of emotional desolation this morning, you're dead inside. Be proactive. God, your word says, I am this. And I'm not going to allow the deadness of my own life to contradict who you are. God, I hate addiction in this city. It contradicts your plan for cities on the face of the earth. Become proactive in spite of where you're at and in spite of how you are feeling. It's evidence of being moved towards a proactive spirit. Having scared the living daylights out of all of you and woken some of you up 
One guy woke up there, nudged his wife, says, I was having a nightmare. I dreamed there was a Scotsman shouting at me. And he wasn't even shouting at me in King James English, which means he's a heretic too. His wife says, no, that was not a dream. Sir, this was really happening. You were in the twilight zone where reality and the dream world were intertwining. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as someone that fills us, and this is so true, but a dangerous prayer we can enter into in this season is a prayer, pursue me, Holy Spirit, until I surrender. What do I need to surrender in this season of my life? Lots of things. But without Jesus, I can do nothing. If I try and reform my life, I fail miserably. But I can pray the prayer, Holy Spirit, pursue me until I surrender. Ephesians 4, 13 is our reward. When we enter into the fullness of Christ, we enter into the fullness of Christ when we surrender to the triune God. When the Holy Spirit has pursued us and worked in our hearts until we surrender. And whatsoever He wants us to surrender. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He's not a holy spook. He will not pursue us to terrorize us. What will He pursue us with? It's simple. He will pursue us with wisdom and revelation, holiness, righteousness. He will pursue us and open up our spiritual eyes and ears. I can't think of a better way of moving forward in this transitional season than living in that prayer. Holy Spirit, pursue me. I don't know what it might cost me. It will cost me something. I'm glad to pay the price, whatever that price may be, and whatever my life will look like the other side of paying that price. Holy Spirit, pursue me. I encouraged the congregation earlier this year to go down that road The next day, the Holy Spirit turned up and began to pursue the church during praise and worship. It was absolutely incredible. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've never seen God move so quickly and so succinctly on the back of a preached word. I believe at grace this morning, this is more a personal word for your heart and for your mind. The Holy Spirit is in residence in your life, along with the Father and along with the Son. Journal the journey of the Holy Spirit pursuing you. You will know very quickly what He wants you to lay down. When I was in Scotland before coming on this trip, I became aware in my own mind and heart of a simple sentence that said, I want you to fast television. And I thought, Lord, is that you? 
I didn't want to be religious and give up television, then go around the world preaching, you need to smash up your TVs in Jesus' name. But I became aware of the fact this was the word of the Lord for my life. I fasted television with great joy. I've now got more time in my day. I like television and will probably go back into it once this season's over. In the kingdom, we're not against anything. We're always for Jesus. There's an incredible distinction between the two behaviors. And the Holy Spirit will start to tell you what he wants you to surrender. What will I do, guys, if he tells me to surrender Sir Paul McCartney? You see, he can't ask me to do that, Holy Spirit. He's a knight of the realm. But you know what? Anything the Holy Spirit asks us to surrender will be an absolute joy in my life. I surrendered caffeine this year. I've not had any caffeine for four months. I've not had any Diet Coca-Cola for four months. I used to travel around the world with a mug of coffee chained to my wrist and drank copious amounts of coffee every single day. Holy Spirit, pursue us. 